Space, more or less. If anything, more. What? What? Good. Well, if you're too loud, you're too old. Oh! <laughs> How's the mix sound, though? As far as like, can you hear kind of everything? Pretty good. It's not muddled, like you can see. Okay, you can pick out, and it's a bass. There's a good. Okay. Might be a little over loud till we fill with bodies. And if everybody goes, you start, then we can turn. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll turn, just, just turn the main. Turn them up, and we're good. Like the people, just turn the people up. Yeah, actually, they they need to match loud, us. They'll sing louder. Yeah, they'll need to match Maybe us. That was Mike's. Somebody starts screaming, it's like, hey, you need to stop playing. Because otherwise, I need my little girl over here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, somebody just fell out of the chair. Yeah. And I'm over here. That's right. Lord bless you. We need a doctor. And keep you. Well, hey, that'd probably be the best thing to do right now. Gracious to you. 
favor be upon you like we normally do when we start it and we build. Go ahead, let's do that in one more, because otherwise that's really short. Yeah. That was like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, let's go ahead and add that triple there. Is that the only I mean, that place? would be, that would be a big, that would be, Is to help build it. I'm open to flipping them too. You want first group three times? Yeah. Yeah, we're still. At least. Yeah. I definitely still figuring this out. I saved, I saved the original. I saved the original version here. So that means we would need to start that in 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, yeah. So we'll start the blessing in 10 minutes. I'll go upstairs and get full version for free service. Yes. Right. Yep. Yep. I'll just I'll, I'll head up there and well, we were doing how we love Ah, I was singing. Yeah, I was singing the same as Ashley on that. Yeah. Yep. Keep it in G.
one of those mornings. I, um, uh, people say we need to follow Christ. People say we need to be disciples of Christ. People say that we need to be Christ-like in our lives. I don't know about you, but that's kind of a high bar in my mind, isn't it? I mean, sometimes, sometimes, in fact, the bar can seem so high and seem so overwhelming that it's easy to not even try. It's easy to just say, you know what? Uh, as a matter of fact, Brian and I were talking about this earlier today. It's easy to say, I- I'm good. I'm good. I like where I'm at. I like what I'm doing. There's no way that I can even approach the holiness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, so I'm not going to try. I'm not going to take that next step in my life. Well, today we have a command, we have a, a piece of advice from Paul himself as he writes to the Philippian church, certainly where we need to keep our focus and also how we can be led through being Christ-like, being this light to the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank You. We thank You for uh, just a wonderful day. Uh, wonderful day, Father. It's 10.04 and it's already a wonderful day. Uh, just the wonderful words that Randy shared with us, but also the chance to uh, share in this incredible celebration with, uh, with your son, uh, Mike, and his family. We thank you, Father, that we get to now be challenged, that we get to, we get to learn, we get to uh, reflect upon our own lives and where we're looking and what we're doing, Father. We ask that you will challenge us, as many have been. Challenge us to be uh, that picture of Christ to people in the world and around the world and certainly in our own, in our own uh, areas of life. We thank you, Father, for this moment, this time. In Jesus' name, amen. We need to have the mentality of a light bearer. Turn to Philippians chapter 3. We've been going through Philippians. Again, just just as a quick recap, the Philippian church was the church that was, for the most part, getting it right. You know, everybody's got mistakes and everybody's got problems and things like that. And the, the Philippian church, there's no reason to think that they were perfect. But every letter that God writes through His servant Paul to all of these churches, whether it's the Corinthian church or, or the Ephesian church or the Galatian church, whatever it is, uh, they've all got some serious issues in their, in their uh, body, they've got some serious issues in their life, um, and they are deliberately many times sinning against God. Sometimes they're unintentionally sinning against God, but the Philippian church seems to be getting it right. Uh, obedience and submission to Christ. And so we've been going through this letter to the Philippians. What does it look like to be a light-bearing church? What does it look like to be an individual light-bearer of Jesus Christ? How can we imitate in many ways this Philippian church? We're going to talk just later on about some of the generosity that they had as well. But Paul now transfers kind of his, 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 his thought to himself. Now he's reflecting upon himself as he's teaching the Philippian church. He's looking at his life, he's looking at the life of Christ, and he's looking at what it seems to be, what it looks like to be a light bearer. Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 10, he says this, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. You know, I've been asked, somebody asked, a kid asked me one time, 
See, this is why messages go long. This isn't a part of the message. Um, but he asked me, he said, have you ever met Jesus? We were talking about Jesus, who he is, what he is. And in his mind, he's thinking, have I ever seen him, right? Innocent question. Have you ever met Jesus? And I, 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 was, I was taken aback. I thought, no, that is a powerful question. Have I ever met Jesus? And so I, I, think, I, I use the example kind of as of a pen pal. Which he didn't know what a pen pal was. I, I'd explain what a pen pal was. And then uh, I said, you know, you can, you can talk to someone. You can, in fact, you can know someone and they can know you. You can meet someone and they can meet you without ever actually having seen them with your eyes or hear them with your ears. In fact, it, there, that can be a very, very close relationship. You can meet them in that way. And I said that's very similar to the way that I have met Christ and people around me have met Christ. And in fact, those ways can be actually, can be actually very, very deep because you, you begin to share things about yourself, and you begin to know things about this friend that you're writing to. And, and all of it's through the written word. All of it's through, even well, even the spoken word. But, but never are they standing there in the flesh. And I said, yes, it's, it's, it's very possible to meet Jesus. It's very possible to know Jesus on a level where many people that you see every day don't know you on that level. And you don't know them that deeply. And yet you can still meet Jesus. You can still truly know Christ. You see, this is what Paul's getting at. Paul says, look, I'm going to be a light bearer. I am a light bearer. I want to know Christ. And that is not just being aware of Him. That's His very thought. His, 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 everything about His character, His nature. To actually meet Him without physically meeting Him. This is what he wants. I want to really know who Jesus is. I want to know on a very personal level. I want to know on this down to the core of me and who Jesus is. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. I got something else I got to tell you. Um, I have always read that. I want to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings. But that's not what Paul says. He says, I want to know the power of his resurrection and know the power of participation in his sufferings. See, this is what he says. He doesn't want to know the power of the resurrection and participate in the sufferings of Christ. He wants to know the power of the resurrection, and he also wants to know the power that comes through participation in the sufferings of Jesus Christ becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And why do I want to do all this, says Paul? I do not want to earn his love. I don't want to earn his forgiveness. We've been talking about that a lot. I don't want to earn the kingdom of heaven. I want to know Jesus more because he loves me, because he's forgiven me, and I'm already a citizen of heaven. I want to know about the kingdom of God. I want to know about my king because that's where I live. I, I'm, I'm in a foreign land right now, but I'm going home. And I want to take people with me. I want to know Jesus so that I can introduce people to my king. 
I want to know Jesus so that I can introduce people to this ultimate Savior, this sovereign King, this sovereign Lord, so that they can know Him the way I know Him. You know, the story goes that there was a, a man who had a child, and uh, unfortunately the child was ill, and the child was going to pass away. And he's talking to his, his, his son there uh, as he's about ready to pass away. And he says, he says, are you afraid? He asks the question, are you afraid to meet Christ? And his, his son looks at him and he says, not if he's like you. Not if he's like you. You see, Paul wants to know Jesus so that people can know Jesus through him. So that he can be this picture of, Christ, picture of Christ in their lives. He says, I don't want to make myself perfect. I want to be perfected. And I get to participate in that. Paul says, I want my eyes to be fully open. I want my heart to be fully at peace. I want my faith moving mountains. And even harder than that, I want my faith to move hearts. But if I'm going to be a light bearer, and this is what you're called. Your God calls you a light bearer. And if you're a light bearer and you don't bear light, I got news for you. You're not a light bearer. I might call myself a preacher all I want. And if I don't actually preach, I'm not a preacher. I can call myself a follower of Christ all I want. If I don't actually follow Christ, then I'm not a follower of Christ. It's the way it is. If I'm going to be a light bearer like Paul, I also need to expect that I'll participate in the sufferings of Christ, but also to know the power of those sufferings. Not all at the same time or in the exact way that Jesus did or that he went through. Not even the same degree necessarily. But suffering is a part of the light bearer's life. You suffer so that others do not die. In fact, Jesus told us, count the cost before you say you want to follow me. Make sure you take this seriously. Two years ago, I think it was about two years ago, we started this long journey, this long lesson, justified by faith. All building eventually to bring us to our response, what am I going to do with that? Justified by faith, as we mentioned last week, is not where you end your journey, it's where you begin. Matthew 5, in the same way, let your light shine before others. This is Jesus talking to us, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Not glorify you, but glorify your Father in heaven. If you follow this command from your God, you open your life to two things. Number one, God being glorified through you. That is people searching the heart and mind of God because they see Him through you. You open yourself up to that. But number two, you open yourself up to persecution. That's okay though, because Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, blessed are you. I've been thinking about this verse a lot lately. Blessed are you. When people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the very same way they persecuted the prophets who came before you, you find yourself in good company if you're persecuted, if you, put, if you go through suffering because of the gospel of Christ. Our lives on this side of death are but a moment, and the older you get, the easier that is to see, isn't it? Everything goes by quickly. Everything goes by fast. And I'm not talking about just your occupation. Remember we said last week, Paul was a tent maker. That, that's, that's what he did to pay the bills. But we don't, we don't think of Paul as a tent maker. We think of him as the, this apostle for Jesus Christ. So the question is, what are you living for? This, you might hearken back to the very same things Randy was talking about because it comes from the same letter. What are you living for? 
Are you living for Jesus Himself, or are you living for this fallen kingdom? All of this is a process by which we're able to give more and more of our life to Jesus Christ, to trust Him more and live out our purpose. Trust is very much like a, like a muscle. We've talked about this before. The more you work it out, the stronger it becomes. The more you use it, the stronger it becomes. And if you don't use it, if you don't have this trust and this faith, if you don't work out this faith in Jesus Christ, it does begin to get weak. It does begin to atrophy. But Paul says that this is an intentional journey, and even Paul's not there yet. Look at 12 through 14. He says, look, not that I've already obtained all this. I'm not suggesting I'm there yet, says Paul. I haven't arrived at my goal. If you want to be a light bearer, what's the mentality of a light bearer? What's the mentality of one who wants to grow to become like Christ and lead others to know who Jesus is? Honesty, number one. Paul says, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm pursuing it, and it's intentional, and I'm knowing more and more about Jesus, and He's knowing more and more about me, and I'm giving more and more of my life over to Him. I am being perfected, but I'm not there yet. He's very honest with this Philippian church. You need to be honest. You're, you're honest with other people, I think, most of the time. Are we honest with ourselves? Are we honest with ourselves? Look, I'm not there yet. But we don't want to stop there by saying we're not there yet. What else do we see in Paul here? We see dissatisfaction. I'm not there yet, and I don't like it. I'm not there yet, and I don't like it. I'm dissatisfied with my becoming like Christ. I want to be more like Christ. I want to tell people. I want to show people. I want to be this brighter light than I am. Why? Because I want to save people. I don't want people to die. Because I care about people and I love my God and my Savior. And so I'm dissatisfied. Now he's content with the grace of God in his life. That's also the Christian, to be content with what God has provided. But he's dissatisfied in his walk. He says, look, I've not obtained all this already. I've not arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. What did Christ Jesus take hold of us for? The glorious image of Christ himself. He's going to talk about that a little bit later on. Brothers and sisters, look, just to repeat myself, once again, he says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is, head, what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So if I'm going to be a light bearer, I need to be honest and I need to be dissatisfied with this coming to know Jesus. I need to be dissatisfied with my growth. I want to continue to be more and more like Christ, to show that light more and more. But he also says, look, I don't spend my time in the past. I'm straining on towards, I'm straining on towards the goal. I'm moving ahead. Now, many times we read this, and rightfully so, that we shouldn't let past sins or past problems or issues keep us now today from being that light of Jesus Christ. In fact, sometimes some of those difficulties in the past can be very, very powerful testimonies today. Now, you read it that way, and that's fine, because that's right. But it's also, Paul is not reflecting on his past virtues either. He's not saying, look, I was a good guy yesterday. I don't need to be a good guy today. He's not reflecting on his past victories. He's saying, look, 
Every day is a journey to be this light of Jesus Christ. Every day is a journey to become more and more like Jesus, and it's an intentional journey. This is the pursuit of the light bearer, a bearer of light that does not pursue these things, a bearer of light that does not pursue the character of Jesus himself, that he might show to others, that he might tell others that's not a light bearer. We are being renewed day by day. There's no reason to concentrate on the past. There's no reason to concentrate on yesterday. You can learn from it, but don't dwell there. He moves forward. Look what he says about you and me then. Look at verse 15. He says, All of us then, who are mature, should take such view of things. And, and, and that's really kind of look at yourself now. All right, am I mature or am I not? Do I get these things or do I not? And if I don't, then I realize, I see that I have this continued growth in Christ that I need to pursue. He says, all of us who are grown-ups spiritually need to take such a view of things. And at some point you think differently, look, be patient with God. He's going to reveal those things to you. But look at verse 16. He says, in the meantime, live up to what you've already attained. Live up to what you've already attained. What have we said about the, the righteousness of a light bearer? You don't earn that. You live up to that. You live up to righteousness. You living up to righteousness is the best way for you to share and show and shine and tell the light of Jesus Christ to those around you. Many people listen to what you hear or listen to what you say, but just about everybody understands and remembers what you do and how you act. How you carry yourself as one dedicated to Jesus Christ. These are ways that we can live out and be the light bearer for Jesus. We've attained righteousness through Christ if you've given your life to Christ. What the Philippian church has attained, and we should use them as this example, is obedience to Christ, sacrifice for others. And again, we'll see that a little bit later on. Partnership in the gospel. They haven't attained perfection. But Paul implores him. He says, look, at least practice what you know. Live up to this righteousness. Don't go backwards, but don't be satisfied with sitting still either. Look at verse 17. He says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Now we begin to maybe answer some of these questions that, that Randy was, was asking, or one of these questions that Randy was asking. I, I t it takes, it takes, Paul was not a proud man, he was a humble man, but he's able to say, he's able to tell this Philippian church, watch me and do what I do. Think what I think. You know, care about the things I care about. You're able to do this, you can do this in your own home, you can do this around people that you know. It's, it's, it's having a correct assessment of yourself, that's what true humility is. But we all need examples of less imperfection. And I think that's one of the best things that we can do when it comes to understanding and knowing what it means and what it looks like to be a light bearer. Look, all believers, all people are imperfect, but they are being perfected. You see, if we're going to be a light bearer, we need to be disciples, not only disciples of Jesus Christ. Because sometimes that is this gulf that seems too wide for many and we lose hope. But we also need human examples of light bearers in our lives. 
those we know, those we can talk to, those we can see on how to pursue the goal of Christ-likeness. This is what Paul's doing. He's saying, guys, look, let's meet somewhere in the middle. You follow me as I follow Christ. If you want to be a light bearer of Jesus, find one. Find one. Talk to them. Ask them questions. Watch how they live their lives. Watch what's important to them and what's not. You know, have them teach you. Have them instruct you. Let them show you this next little bit of what it means and what it looks like to be the light of the world. Because we hear that, and again, we say, I'm not real sure what that is, what that looks like, what it means. Many times we need to see the Pauls in our life. By the way, whoever you use is not perfect, so don't pretend that they are perfect and don't expect them to be perfect. Even Paul has just gotten done saying, look, I haven't obtained all this, I haven't arrived at my goal, but these light bearers in your life to show you how to do it are very often further along in their sanctification. They're further along in their Christ-likeness. They're further along in knowledge or experience. And none of this is based necessarily upon age, although a little bit we can see that once in a while. It has to do with spiritual maturity. Do you want to be a light bearer? Then watch a light bearer. That's what you do. You learn from them. This is what Paul's saying. Talk to them. Many ways imitate them. And again, going back to just, you know, if you're a parent in your home, you are Christ in your kids' lives. Or at least you're meant to be. Why should we fixate our eyes on those who follow Jesus? Why should we fixate our eyes on those like Paul? Why should we fixate our gaze on those who are spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ? Look at 18. He says, look, he says, for as I've often told you before, and I now tell you again, even in tears, many, many people you're going to come across, many influences you guys are going to have in your life, many influences your family, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. I know this is shocking as we look out in the world today. Many people live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Keep your eyes focused on the light and the light bearers. Be the light bearer because there are many, many others who would vie for your attention. Yet their destiny is destruction, and they're going to take you along with them. You want to be a light bearer? Find a light bearer. Watch a light bearer. Use Paul as an example. Use people in your life. Paul refers to them as enemies of the cross, enemies of Jesus, enemies of the Word of God. They are spreaders of darkness instead of life, discord instead of unity, bitterness and quarreling instead of love and self-sacrifice, self-righteousness instead of imputed righteousness, self-indulgence instead of self-control. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of things out there. Just like that, that want your attention, want the attention of your homes and your families. Paul says, look, in verse 19, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Now, I, Paul could be talking about Judaizers here uh, in Philippians. But I think really what he's talking about is those who serve the sensual, the fleshly, the worldly appetites. In other words, their God is just how they feel in the moment. And their glory is their shame. Have nothing to do with this. They're proud of what they are and who they are, even though they're storing up wrath for themselves. Now compare that to what Paul says about his being dissatisfied about how far he's come to be just like Jesus. Their minds are set on earthly things. 
their minds are set. Light bearers are told to do exactly the opposite. Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says this, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Because you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's what we experienced today. And we were all happy about it. We just saw a funeral. Somebody got killed today. And we thought it was the best thing we ever saw. Right? Got killed right here. You died. So now, quit setting your minds on things of this world, this earth, this time. If you want to be a light bearer, set your minds, your heart, your eyes on things above. The glory of Jesus Christ. The care for one another. The value of each other. Paul is talking about those who are enemies of Christ, and he says, I am moved to tears because of this. You see, this is someone who has a focus on the love of Christ, the type of thing Jesus wants for us in our lives, and he wants to show that and share that with those around him. This is what it means to be a light bearer of Jesus Christ, to be like Jesus. Our citizenship, he says, is in heaven in verse 20. He's already addressed this before. He says it again. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control is going to transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Is that not good news? Look, I don't know, I don't know if you've been living under a rock, but I have seen the ravages of sin in my body and my life. I've seen it in yours. I've seen it in friends, and I've seen it in family. I've seen the horrors of living in a fallen world. I've seen the anger, the bitterness, the hatred. I've seen people get scared to death just by waking up in the morning. I've seen people hate every moment of every day for no reason. Why? Because they are fearfully and wonderfully made, but they don't get it and they don't understand it and they don't see it. What does Jesus promise us? He says there's going to be a day, there's going to be a time when everything about that is transformed into the beauty and perfection of what it's meant to be. Now, if you don't want to share that with other people, you hate other people. That's wonderful news. Wonderful news. Wonderful news in your life. Wonderful news in mine. That these bodies are transformed. That everything about us are transformed. You if, you, if you're cognizant of sin, you've probably noticed it in your own lives and in loved ones. This hope is good news. This hope is worth sharing. This hope is being that light. Therefore, brothers and sisters, and this kind of really sums up what he's talking about here, but also introduces the next passage. He says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown. This is, what he's ta- this is how he refers to the Philippian church. Stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Setting your mind on things above. How am I to be a light bearer? Well, we've seen two great examples right here. Number one, set your mind on things above. The beautiful things, the noble things, the glorious things, the honorable things, the righteous things. Paul's going to talk about that in chapter 4 much better than I can do. Set your minds on the things that glorify Christ. Set your minds on the things He likes, He loves. Set your minds on the things, for our parlance, what would make Him proud of you? 
And what else does Paul say? Find a light bearer in your life. Talk to them. Watch them. Ask them questions. How in the world do you do what you do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Have a seat. Let's talk about it. There's light bearers in my life that I I talk to all the time. I I call, I write, I I sit down with, and I I just ask them. I say, how would you handle this? What would you do? And I get to learn from them, to watch them, because they've walked with Christ for so long. They know the way Jesus thinks. They know Him. They know Him. They've met Him. Let's pray. Father, we thank You. We thank You for the love that You've given us. We thank You, Father, for the challenge that You've set forth before us today. Father, help us to be light bearers. Help us to realize that this life is a moment. Help us to realize that this isn't even our life. This isn't even our world. It's not our kingdom. Help us, Father, to use our time wisely establishing our eternal home. Give us courage, Father. And please, please take pride away from us. Help us be willing to show and to share and to tell people that one day this lowly body, this sin-ravaged life is going to be transformed into the perfection that it was always meant to be. Help us to share good news. And Father, give us the courage to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand and sing.
Everybody was here for this. This was uh, certainly a wonderful day. That's the point. Give your life to Jesus. Be saved. Live eternally. That's the goal. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your love shown through Jesus. We thank you that we got to taste that love today. We also, Father, uh, are a little bit uncomfortable being challenged in ways to tell people about you. We, um, we do care quite often quite a bit about ourselves I would ask Father that you help us to see others with the same kind of eyes that Jesus does see them through tears the way Paul does and that we may share this incredible gift that we have this, this, this light that we have to give them peace, to give them joy to give them something to look forward to tomorrow and forevermore let us be help us to be the light that you say we are in Jesus' name, amen. It's a powerful question when you put it that way. Um, forces you to be honest. Forces you to be honest. Unless you don't want to be honest. You know, we, we human beings have a great uh, ability to lie to ourselves, you know, about things. Um, but that's a that's a that's an interesting question when it really comes down to it. Um, that's something I'm going to wrestle with. See, that's the thing. It comes to hard questions. I just try to avoid them. That's you know, just I don't I don't want to think about that. I don't I don't want to I don't want to talk about that. Sometimes we need to confront those things. Uh, to live is what. To die is what. Well, how are you to be a light bearer? Um, the answer is a little bit longer and a little bit more complex than we have time for right now. But, well, I've got the time, actually. That's, it's up to you. We can go into it. Um, but 
perhaps today we can see some of the reasons, some of the explanations, uh, you know, just help us on this, uh, on this walk and on this journey to be a light bearer. Hopefully, we'll be able to begin to ask, begin to answer the question, how, how? Let's pray. Father, we thank You. Again, we thank You for this here, this, this time to learn, this time to be challenged. Father, we thank You for a, a chance to be sitting here with brothers and sisters and feast upon, upon Your Word, Your bread, Father. We thank You that uh, we can learn and, and that we have the opportunity in life to apply. Help us to see that. Help us to realize those things. We ask, Father, that as always, we, we are honest with ourselves as we go through this, that we are true and accurate to Your Word in, in all ways, Father. We thank You. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter 3. We're still in Philippians. We'll be in Philippians for another week at least. Uh, it won't be next week. Next week, we're going to have a chance to listen to some of our missionaries and get to experience some of their stories and, and, and all of that. Most of our missionaries are going to be available uh, to be here, and so I encourage you to be here as well. But we will be in Philippians for at least one more week, possibly two. Um, and, and just as a recap, remember, I wanted to start this year with good news. Uh, if you read through the majority of these letters that God writes to these churches through Paul, a lot of it's not good news. A lot of it's issues, problems, uh, you know, serious things in their life and in the church that they need to address and they need to uh, uh, change and, and, and all this stuff. I mean, you get the impression Paul's at his wits end with the Corinthian church sometimes. You, you think, come on, guys. But the Philippian church... Again, the Philippian church seems to be getting it right, doing it right. They're living out their faith, and that's what it is. They're living out what they profess. What they say is, Jesus is my Savior, and I think a lot of people get on board with that. But they also say, Jesus is my Lord. That means He's in charge. He's in control of my life, and they live that out. A lot of people, a lot of people don't live out what they profess. They want to stand, they want to claim, they want to talk about, they want to say that their word is their bond, and yet they don't even live out what they profess when it comes to their eternal soul. I mean, this is important stuff. And so we look at the Philippian church, and we can use them, generally speaking, as an example in our life, and this is what we've been doing when it comes to being the light of Jesus Christ. And there's other places you can look in Scripture. We can do that later. But right now, we're looking in Philippians, just different things, aspects we see about being the light of Jesus Christ. And so today, we get into chapter 3, verse 10. Chapter 3, verse 10, Paul is kind of going back now, reflecting on his own life. He was reflecting on his life earlier, and we didn't cover that part because I was going to do that later. And I still might do that a little bit later, but Randy pointed that out, that it would have been nice to cover that. My bad. All right? Well, he's reflecting on his life now as he's writing to the Philippian church. Remember, he's in prison. He's giving them direction. He's giving them instruction, and he's giving them reassurance. He looks at his own life. He says, look, church, he says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Now, if anybody knows Christ, it's Paul, isn't it? 
I mean, you would think that if anybody knows Jesus, it's Paul. But you see, Paul, as a bearer of light, and we're going to find this again a little bit later on, as a bearer of light, Paul is dissatisfied with where he is. He is dissatisfied in his depth of knowledge of Christ, his depth of, of, of closeness with Christ. He, he never gets to this place where he says, I know enough. He never gets to this place where he says, I've done enough. I'm good enough, this, that, or the other. He never gets there. He is content with what God has done for him, the grace that God has poured out to him. In fact, God has, has really kind of taught him in an abrupt way that he needs to be content with the grace that he pours out to him. But he's not satisfied in his walk and in his journey. He says, I want to know Christ. He doesn't say, I know Christ, although he does. He says, I want to know him better. You know, I was asked one time by a, a, a kid, I, I, I wasn't thinking about this, but I remembered it last service, so I'll share it with you. I was asked one time by a little boy, um, have you ever met Jesus? And I thought, man, that is a powerful question. Have you ever met Jesus, because of course what he was thinking was in the flesh, right? Have you seen him with your eyes? Have you heard him with your ears? You know, and, I, and honestly, I paused. I didn't really know what to say. I was speechless. I had no words, right? I had no speech. Uh, and so I, 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 I kind of used the example of a pen pal. First of all, I had to explain what a pen pal was. And then I, asked, I said, you know, there are ways in which even through the written word and through the things that you say and how you can know someone's character, that you can actually know them very, very well. In fact, you can meet them without ever actually seeing them with your eyes and hearing them with your ears. In fact, sometimes you know that person or that person knows you better than the people you see every day. You know, you can know them on a very deep level. You can know them on a very, very personal level. Even without ever, you know, seeing them with your eyes or hearing them with your ears, you can hear them in other ways. You can see them in other ways. And, and so I told him, I said, you know, similar to a pen pal, I said, yes. I said, I've, I've met Jesus. I've never seen him with my eyes. I've never heard him with my ears, but I've met him. And uh, I don't know if that stuck, but, but that was just a powerful question. That, that was the only time anybody ever asked me that. Have you ever met Jesus? Paul says, I want to know Jesus better than I do now. I, I want to understand His very nature. I want to understand the things He thinks about, things He cares about. And where I am right now, says Paul, I'm not satisfied with that. You, you want to be a bearer of light. Wherever you go, whatever you say, when people see you, they see Christ. When people see you, they see light. Now, sometimes that light's a little harsh, right? You know, I'm not saying it's always pleasant to see the light and have everything revealed. You know, but when they see you, when they hear you, when they talk to you, when they know what you care about, they see the light of Jesus Christ. One of those things is not to be satisfied in this pursuit of Christ, but always being, pursue, be, be pursuing Christ. I want to know Christ, yes. I want to know the power of His resurrection. 
and participation in his sufferings. Now, what Paul does not say is what I've always thought he said. I've always read this, I want to know the power of his sufferings and participate in his... I want to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings. But that's not actually what he says. What he says is, I want to know the power of his resurrection and I want to know the power of participating in his sufferings. So he's not suggesting in any way that he wants to suffer, but he is saying, look, there's power that comes from the resurrection of Jesus that I experience in my life and I can show other people. But there is also great power that comes to me through suffering like Jesus. So I want to know that as well. It's not, I want to know the power of his resurrection and want to participate in his sufferings. He didn't want to participate in suffering, but he does want to know the power that comes with participating in suffering for Jesus Christ, and that's the life of the light bearer. You see, we, we, all the time we trade this off, all the, all the time, I want to follow Jesus, I want to be a light bearer until I'm up against any type of suffering, even mild suffering, an inconvenience in our life, and I want to avoid that suffering, any type of sacrifice at all I want to avoid. That's not a light bearer. And you know it. You've seen it. You've seen it in the church today. You've seen it in the church over the past hundred years. I, I love Jesus. I'm following Jesus. I want to participate in the power of His resurrection. I want to do that until there's the least amount of suffering. And then I must be doing it wrong. Or I'm not going to go through with it. Or I'm going to stop following Jesus. Really, forever? No, just right now. Oh, well, that's very convenient. Pick it up and put it down whenever you want. That's nice. Wish I could live that way. Paul says there's power in suffering. If you're going to be a light bearer, there is power there. Even in experience of suffering. Why? Because I know what I believe. And I know what I don't believe. I know what I stand for and what I don't stand for. I know what my priorities are. I know what's important in my life and what's not important in my life. I want to get to that place where I can say to live is Christ and to die is gain. I don't want that to be a hard question. Doggone it, Randy. Why? I, went, I could have gone all day avoiding that question. I don't want that to be a hard question. To live is Christ, to die is gain. So Paul, this is the mentality of the light bearer. I want to know Christ even better than I do now. I'm not satisfied with how much I know Him. I'm not satisfied with how close we are. I want to know, I want to feel, I want to experience the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to experience the power of suffering in my life. I want to become like Him in His death. And so somehow attaining, it's not as though He's unsure if He's going to be saved. He's just trying to figure out how Jesus does this. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Why do I want to do all this? It's not to earn, we've talked about this many times, not to earn the love or forgiveness of Jesus or the kingdom of heaven. I want to do all this because He loves me, because He died for me. He gave up His very life for me. He's forgiven me, and not only that, I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm not a citizen of this world. People ask me about this world all the time. And, and there's some answers I can give and some answers I can't give. Why? Because I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a citizen here. This isn't where, I'm just passing through. I'm just a visitor. Go ask somebody who lives here. Find somebody who denies the power of Christ and ask them because this is their home. 
We are citizens of heaven. We're eternal kingdom of God. We're citizens of eternal. If you've given your life over to Jesus, you are. You've accepted that gift. Paul says, look, I don't want to perfect myself. I want to be perfected. And I get to participate in that. I want my eyes to be fully open. I want my heart to be fully at peace. I want joy. I want my faith moving mountains. And even harder than that, I want my faith moving hearts. But if I'm going to be a light bearer, I, like Paul, have to expect to participate in the sufferings of Christ, but also to know the power of those sufferings. Look, not all the time, and, and, and not, to, not all at the same time, and not to the same degree necessarily. But this is a part of the light bearer's life, to realize that there's power in suffering. You suffer so others don't die. That's what the light bearer does. The light bearer suffers so that others don't die. This is why Paul suffers, so that other people won't die. People he knows and people he doesn't know. This is what the light bearer does. We started this two years ago, justified by faith. You believe in Jesus and you're justified and you're going to heaven. Well, great, that's, that's wonderful. But from there, you walk through life and you've got to grow. Justified by faith is where you start. It's not where you end up. We're leading ourselves through this two-year process to get to this point. What do I do with this justification from Jesus Christ? I've got to be a light. I've got to use that to save other people, to tell them about Jesus, to figure out how you're going to do it. Look, I was never going to be the missionary on the African Savannah plane. I knew that wasn't me. That's not, that's not the cut of my jib. I was never going to be able to do that. And so I thought, well, hey, you know what? I can preach. I can teach. Let's do that. Let's figure out a way in my life, with my personality, that I can help spread this light. You can do the same thing. you got to take it seriously, but you can do the same thing. It has to be an intentional walk. We have to realize that we are going to face suffering through this. All of this is building on where you're going in your journey. Matthew chapter 5, your God and King told you this in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If you follow this command from your God, you open your life to two things. Number one, God is going to be glorified through you. That's a wonderful thing. If you want to live out your purpose, your mission in life, God's going to be glorified through you. Some of you have been in this Ecclesiastes study. That's the job, right? To honor God, keep His commands. And He's going to be glorified through you. People are searching the heart and mind of God because they see Him through you. That's the light that's revealed to them. But the second thing, if you're going to follow this command, you are going to open yourself up to persecution. You are going to open yourself That's okay. If you open yourself up to persecution, Jesus says you're in very good company because they persecuted the prophets in the very same way. Matthew chapter 5, blessed are you, fortunate are you when people insult you when they persecute you, when they falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way <clears throat> they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I take a great deal of peace in that passage. Our lives, church, on this side of death are but a moment. And I'm not talking about your job. I'm not talking about your occupation, right? We said last week, Paul was a tent maker. That's, that, that's it. That's, that's what he did to pay the bills. All right, great. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy your job, all right? Whatever it is to pay the bills. But who he is, what he is, is an apostle. Who he is, what he is, is a light bearer for, for Jesus. He is a, he's an ambassador. He's an emissary from this eternal kingdom for you and me. 
So the question is, what are you living for? Oh, we got back to that. Yeah, it all came back around. I didn't even put that together first service. Here we are. Boy, it's almost like one God just presides over this whole thing, right? Holy Spirit working in and out of the hearts of people. What are you living for? Hmm? All of this is a process. All of this is a pro- it takes time to be this light bearer. It's a process by which we give more and more of our life over to Jesus, by which we trust Him more and more. Look, if you think, if you, in your mind, I want to be a bearer of the gospel. I want to be, I want people to see Jesus when they look at me, when they hear me speak, when they watch me act. It's a process that gets us to that. Sanctification, it's trusting Jesus. We've said this many times before, trust, whether it's our trust in Jesus or our trust in each other, it's like a muscle. The more you work it out, the stronger it gets. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. I trust somebody, then I'm going to trust them again. I'm going to trust them again. I'm going to trust them. It's going to get easier to trust them. It's going to be, this faith is going to be strengthened. And if we don't use it, it gets weak. It gets, it atrophies, it gets flabby. But this trust is like a muscle. We work it out. All of it's a process to live out our purpose and give our life to Jesus. Even Paul says it's a process. Even Paul says he's not there yet. Paul says, though, it's an intentional journey. Look at 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this. Well, that gives me a little hope. Maybe it gives you a little hope. Even Paul says he's not there yet either. We're, we're, we're all working towards this full knowledge of who Jesus is, this ability to give our lives completely over and be these little pieces of light that walk around this world. He says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. There's something else that, that happens in the life bearer's life. One other characteristic of a light bearer, you've got to be honest. You've got to be honest, right? We've been talking about it. You've got to be honest with yourself. I've got a ways to go. There's things that I'm doing that I know I shouldn't. There's things I do that I shouldn't do, things I shouldn't, things I'm not doing that I should. You know what I mean. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. If this is your first day with us, It doesn't get any better. I just, I... Jesus loves you and he loves me. He wants us to be like him. And he wants us to show that. We need to be honest with ourselves. Are we following Jesus? Do we care about what he cares about? He says this, not that I've already obtained all this or already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Why did Christ Jesus take hold of Paul? Why does he take hold of you and I? What's he taking hold of us for? It is a glorious image of Christ eternally being lived out in our own lives. He says it again, brothers and sisters, look, I, I'm not there yet. I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So I don't spend my time in the past. This is what the light bearer doesn't do. The light bearer doesn't spend his time in his past. Now, we read that rightfully so, thinking, I'm not going to let past sins keep me from doing what is right today. I'm not going to let past mistakes keep me from doing what is right today. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to look towards the goal. And that's true. That's what he means here. But he also means something else. I'm also not going to be thinking back on past virtues, past victories. No, those are in the past too, all right? We're not going to rest on our laurels here. We're going to continue to know and to grow in Christ and try it out. 
Try out what it means to live out the gospel message, to tell people about the gospel message, to share the wonderful news of Jesus Christ and His forgiveness. These are the pursuits of the light bearer. And by the way, if you call yourself a light bearer, if you call yourself a lover of the gospel, a partner in the gospel, if you call yourself a lover of people, right, and you want people to be saved and you want to care about them, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus and you don't follow Jesus, then you're not a follower of Jesus. If you say that I obey Jesus and you don't obey Jesus, then you're not obeying Jesus. If you say I'm submissive to Jesus and you're not, then you're not. So we can lie to ourselves all we want. Look, I can tell you I'm a preacher, but if I don't preach, I'm not a preacher. That's reality. And so if we're going to be a light bearer, this is what Jesus calls you. You need to tell people about Jesus. Verses 15 and 16, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. Everything we've just talked about, this same type of desire to know Christ, this realization that we're not there, but we're not going to put ourselves in the past, whether being weighed down by past sins or looking at past victories. No, no, no. We're going to move forward and grow more. We're going to give over our life, submission to Jesus Christ. He says everybody who's mature should take a, such a view of things. So if you don't, you got a ways to go. You're still growing spiritually. If on some point you think differently, be patient. God's going to make that clear to you. But at the very least, in verse 16, live up to what we've already attained. Live up to it. What, do we, what have we already attained? We've, we've said this many times. Righteousness is not something you earn. It's something you live up to. This is what he's talking about. We have gained a right standing before God. Paul says, live up to that. Live up to that. Don't waste your time. You got one life and it's very short on this side of the grave. Don't waste your time. Live up to this righteousness that you've been granted. And the more you live up to this righteousness, the more God's going to be glorified by what you do. And somebody else is going to come along. They're going to see this light that you're living to or living for, living towards. They say, I want a part of that. I don't even know what it is, but I want a part of it. Explain it to me. Help me. Show me. It's about caring about people. Caring about those that Jesus has made because you care about Jesus. Everybody who's mature ought ought to take such a view of things. We've attained righteousness through Christ if you give your life to Christ. The Philippian church attained this. We we can use them as an example. They attained obedience in Christ, sacrifice for others that we're going to see a little bit later on here in the the book or in the the letter, not today. Um, They haven't attained perfection, but Paul tells them, at least practice what you know. Live up to righteousness. Don't go backwards. Don't be satisfied with sitting still either. Verse 17, join together. In following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being willing to, you know, write, to look, to see this church, a whole body, a group of people, multiple churches, and be willing to say, watch me and do what I do. Live the way I live. Think the way I think. Care about the things I care about. That's Paul. And he says, and I'm not even there yet. I'm still journeying. One of the ways that you can be a light bearer is to find a light bearer. One of the ways that you can be this spreader of the gospel, this this submissive life to the desire of Christ is to find one. 
This is precisely what Paul is saying. He says, yes, you need to follow Jesus Christ, you need to be disciples of Christ, but I get it. Sometimes that's a bar that seems so high that people quit. They give up. They say, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm not going to do any of it. Not only that, I have a hard time understanding what he says and why he says it and what this means and how to do Paul says, hey, look, so long as I'm following Christ, just follow me. Find a light bearer in your life. I've got light bearers in my life. I ask them. I, 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 I call them. I email them. I sit down with them. I talk to them. Hey, I'm having this issue, this problem. How would you handle this? What does this mean in Scripture? All of this stuff. I've got light bearers in my life. Some older than me, some younger than me, all of them smarter than me. These are the light bearers I'm looking for because I watch their life. I see what they're doing. I see what they care about. I see the fruits of their labor. And I say, I want to be that. I want to be a part of that. Paul says, watch me as I follow Christ. We need examples sometimes of all human beings are imperfect, but we need examples in our lives sometimes of less imperfection than we are. Right? Just less imperfection. They're being perfect. We need to be perfected. We need to be disciples, not just disciples of Christ. Again, because that's a gulf that seems too wide for so many and they lose hope. We need the human example of light bearers in our lives. Those who know better how to pursue the goal of Christ-likeness. Paul's one of those people, but there's other people as well. And by the way, these people you find, these people you talk to, these teachers or whoever they are, they're not perfect, so don't pretend that they are and don't expect them to be. All right, Paul even says of himself, I'm not perfect, I haven't obtained all this. But they are often further along in their sanctification, in their Christ-likeness. They're further along in their knowledge or their wisdom, their experience. has very little to do with age, but it does have some to do with age. Spiritual maturity really is what it's about. So if you want to be a light bearer, watch a light bearer. Talk to a light bearer. Learn from a light bearer. In many ways, imitate a light bearer. By the way, this is great advice if you're a parent. You are that picture of Christ in your kid's life, like it or not. Now, as they get older, they're going to be able to disseminate some of these things for themselves. But when they're little kids, you are that picture of Jesus. Well, that's what they know about Christ. Or at least you're meant to be the picture of Christ in their life. I'm out there playing. <laughs> Looks like fun. I wish we were out there. You know, the story goes, you've probably heard, I've probably told this story before, and that is uh, a guy had a young son who was ill, was, was dying. And um, he's on his, kid's on his, on his bed there, and, and the dad comes in the room. He knows it's the last moments, and he says, son, he says, are you scared to meet Jesus? And his son looks at him, he says, not if he's like you, not if he's like you. You know, you're this picture of Christ in, in your home and with your kids. Or at least you can be and you should be and you ought to be. So join together in following an example of Paul, following an example of a light bearer in your life. How do I be a light bearer? Find one. Talk to him. Sit down. What do you do? What do you think about? What's important to you? Why do you even choose this kind of life instead of a different kind of life? You know, do your due diligence with these things. Verse 18, For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again even with tears, many live as an enemies to the cross of Christ. There are a lot of things out there are, that are vying for your attention. 
This is why you fixate your eyes on the light bearer. This is why you fixate your eyes on Christ. This is why you come to know Jesus. A lot of people out there that live as enemies to the cross, of, uh, enemies to the cross, they're heading for destruction, and they're going to take you along with them. Paul refers to them as enemies, enemies of Jesus, enemies of the Word of God. They're spreaders of darkness instead of light, discord instead of unity, bitterness and quarreling instead of love and self-sacrifice, self-righteousness instead of imputed righteousness, self-indulgence instead of self-control and the like. He says that's the difference. That, that can be your focus, or you can focus on things above I think I'm going to cut us off right there, guys, upstairs. Look, we have, we have a finite amount of time. You have a finite amount of resources, a finite amount of connections. You have a finite amount of moments given you. Time is a precious thing. And you can either use those to pursue Christ, to pursue things that are above. You can either use those to be this light. Guys, it's a moment. You know the older you get the faster it goes. You know this is a moment, Gary's screaming by, except for this moment right here is dragging on. The, fast, the older you get, the faster it goes. And all we have is a moment to be this light, to build the kingdom of heaven. It's worth it to build the kingdom of heaven because that's where you're going anyway. So build your kingdom as well, your eternal kingdom, your heavenly kingdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the love that you've given us. We thank you for being challenged. I was challenged today, Father. I, I thank you that we can be honest with ourselves, that we can examine ourselves, that we can know what's important for Christ. Father, we want to know Jesus more. And if we don't, help us. Help us to have that desire. Help us to have that as our goal in our life. The same thing that your servant Paul does. Help us to see people like Paul in our lives. These people that you lay out to help us through this life being the light of the world. Father, you call us the light of the world and I don't feel like it sometimes. I want to feel like it. I want to know it. I want to know that I am. I want to know that we are. That we are the light of Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Please stand and sing.
I'm in a good mood today. I got some bad news today, but but I also got some really good news, and I'm focusing on the good news, and so I'm in a good mood today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Help us to focus on the beautiful things today, Father. Help us to focus on the lovely things today, the righteous things. Help us today, Father, to focus on the fact that we are saved through Jesus, and we get the chance to be light bearers, and we get to experience joy and peace in our life, if that be our focus. Help us to do that today, Father. Help us not to think about tomorrow. Help us to be as close to you today as we possibly can be. Help us to be appreciative. Help us to show gratitude. Help us to love other people today, Father. Thank you for this wonderful gift that you've given us here this morning. This is, this is such a privilege to be able to worship like this together as friends, family, brothers and sisters. I thank you for this. In Jesus' name.